Hello and welcome to the second episode of It's the Little Things. I'm your host, Teeny Doe. I greatly apologize for the sound in my voice. I am currently sick. I've been coughing quite a lot, so I'm gonna sound a little raspy, a little nasally, and I apologize. So, since our last episode together, I have thought a lot about the kind of format I'd like for these episodes, although I do prefer them not scripted. I think it may help to have just a teeny little bit of structure. The first thing that I wanted to try was starting each episode with a little check-in and also maybe listing my weekly favorites, the things that I really liked this week, maybe doing some highs and lows, kind of like therapy almost. All right, let's get started with this week's favorites. The first favorite thing I'm thinking of right now is the HBO Max show Chernobyl. I'm pretty sure it came out like in 2019 or something, but my boyfriend and I just watched it all the way through for the first time and oh my god we loved it. Both of us are actually very picky about like the shows and movies that we watch so it was really exciting that we both found something that we both like and since finishing it we've both been watching video essays about Chernobyl and everything like that on YouTube and it's just become our new obsession. Second favorite thing would be again on HBO Max, The Last of Us. The latest episode came out on Friday, but we didn't get to watch it until last night, and it was so cute because we actually watched it while streaming over Discord to each other since we're in separate rooms and isolating right now. It felt like a huge throwback to when we were in a semi-long-distance relationship and having to watch movies together over Discord. So that was kind of fun, kind of cute. I did not play the game, unfortunately, or at least I didn't get very far into playing the game. But that doesn't matter because so far I really like the show. And my boyfriend has already played the game before, so he gets to enjoy it on that level for me. Okay, I guess moving on to my next favorites, which are in the consumables category. This last week, I became obsessed with the tortellini antipasto a salad at Whole Foods. I had a slightly different work schedule this last week, which allowed me to go to Whole Foods in the mornings and then pick out what would eventually be my lunch later in the day. And kind of randomly, I chose the tortellini antipasto salad, and I had it for multiple days afterwards. I keep going back for it. I'm craving it right now. I'm not allowed outside of my bedroom, but maybe I will see if I can ask someone to get it for me. I don't know, but I am just so obsessed with it. And look, it's really hard for me to find foods that I will eat. I have been getting more and more picky with what I've been eating due to like increased nausea. Very few things are appealing to me, so when I find a food that my tummy will tolerate, I need to have it like every day for a month or else I will not get any nutrients. Okay, another consumable favorite would be this tea that my coworker just so happened to make for me yesterday. This was right before I was diagnosed with COVID. Oh god, I didn't see this earlier in the podcast. Yes, I have COVID. First timer But yeah, I didn't know I had COVID yet and I was at work. I didn't know that I had COVID because I tested negative the night before, but it was an at-home rapid test. So now I know not to rely on those. And she made me this tea that was a green tea with some honey and I think some lemon too, but then there was also an orange peel at the bottom I saw. Oh my gosh, the flavor explosion that it had. It was so simple, literally made with the simple ingredients that we happened to have in the work kitchen, but it literally saved my throat before having to go to the emergency room. 
later that day. And right now, I'm asking my boyfriend to try and recreate it at home. So I guess expect to hear about more tea favorites next Monday because I'm going to be trying all kinds of different teas to help soothe my symptoms over the next however many days this lasts. I'm already feeling a lot better today, so that's a good sign. Hopefully, I don't have to miss any more work. Like the fact that I'm sitting up and recording this right now, an absolute miracle compared to how I was feeling yesterday. Nature's healing. Oh my gosh, you guys. My boyfriend brought me some tea just now, and it tastes so good. I guess here's a little bit of a tea review. <laughs> okay, so it's called Immunity tea, which is something that I definitely need right now. The ingredients are echinacea, nettle, olive leaf, ginger, hibiscus, and calendula. I have zero idea what most of those things are, but we'll see if it heals me. If you don't like the sound of teaspoons clinking or the sound of slurping, please definitely skip ahead. But those of you that do like that for ASMR purposes, stick around. Okay, last on my list of favorites has to do with fashion, which will nicely segue into the meat of this episode. I had last Wednesday off from work, and my boyfriend also had work off that day, so we ended up going to Stanford Shopping Center for the day. I haven't been there in so long, quite frankly. It's outside of my budget, or I mean, it used to be at least, but being a dink couple that knows how to budget and plan, I was able to get myself a little something that day, and it was stuff in preparation for Valentine's Day and my birthday, specifically outfits for those two occasions. Now, obviously, today is the 13th. I was diagnosed with COVID yesterday, so my Valentine's Day plans are canceled, but I don't care. I'm going to wear that outfit eventually. I might even wear it on my birthday and just swap with my birthday outfit later in the day. I don't know. We'll see. I like both outfits. But basically, I had previously gone to an Aritzia store that is closer to home, so not in Stanford, and I found this really cute corset top that was like a satiny feel, and it was like heavily discounted. It's pink, but definitely more on like the purpley pink side. Like almost lilac, but definitely still pink. I have gotten more and more interested in into like, I guess princess core is what I would call it. And that corseted top was just perfect for that image that I had in my head. But then since buying it, I have been on the hunt with the perfect thing to pair it with on the bottom because at the time of buying it, I didn't have anything that matched with it. I was hoping I'd find something before Valentine's Day. So this last Wednesday, when we went to Stanford Shopping Center and went to Aritzia, I found a pair of pants and they were labeled as cropped, which means that it fit normally on me. It fit like normal pants. Short girl gang. And it was sort of like a white, almost cream color. And what I love about these pants is that I can definitely wear this for other things. Like it would go with that corset top and it would go with stuff for work. Because of the flowiness of it, it does remind me of a 
this skirt and gives me the princess vibes that I wanted with that corset top without actually having to wear a skirt. Would I have liked a skirt to match that top? Absolutely, but did I find one in time for Valentine's Day? No, I did not. Although, since I won't be going out for Valentine's Day anymore, I guess that gives me a little more time to try to find a skirt, but none of them really work. I just kept going to different stores and none of them really appealed to me and I don't want to buy a skirt online right now. So please prepare yourselves to see that outfit in the future. Unfortunately, not for Valentine's Day, but maybe for my birthday or some other occasion that I make up in my head. Sorry, I wasn't being straightforward. What I'm trying to say is a weekly favorite of mine is Aritzia. I can't afford to go there all the time for all of my clothes. That would be absolutely ridiculous. However, I have thrifted for items that are sold in Aritzia, and that is how I realized that I actually do like that brand, that store, because they sell other brands in there, like for example, Wilfred. I bought a Wilfred top from one of my favorite thrift stores, Crossroads. That was my first Aritzia piece, and that made me realize that I really should take Aritzia seriously and save up for pieces from there. So, not too long after thrifting that top, I got that corset, and then not too long after that, here I am with pants that match. And these pants are just so versatile, they're such a neutral color, and I am just so excited for all the outfits I'm gonna make for it, for both casual wearing, for Instagram, and also for work. I am all about functionality and practicality, so that is a huge bonus for me. Alright, and another favorite came out of that shopping trip, which is this dress that I found at Urban Out Outfitters. Every time I go into Urban Outfitters, I usually leave with absolutely nothing except for inspiration and longing. But I saw the most perfect dress on a mannequin when I went this last Wednesday. I mean, everything about it was just absolutely perfect for me, my brand, my personality, me being a Pisces, me being a girly girl. It is the most beautiful dress. It was so whimsical and I immediately knew, oh my god, I need to wear this for my birthday, if not Valentine's Day. And again, before then, I didn't know I'd have to cancel my Valentine's Day plans, but I was starting to debate in my head, oh god, which outfits for Valentine's Day and which outfits for my birthday? Am I gonna wear both for both? We'll have to see. But yeah, I fell in love with this dress immediately, and do be on the lookout for pictures of it, but let me just describe it to you really quickly. It is blue, and it has the most beautiful lace details with little roses, and it's got that fairy trim at the bottom, you know, where it's kind of like slit on the side. There's like triangles going on. Am I bad at explaining this? Probably. Now look, that dress was perfect on its own, but here's the really magical part. I went to go try it on, and as I'm heading upstairs to the dressing room, I'm walking through the loungewear and undergarment section. In that section, all by itself, with nothing else like it, I find this top cover thing. It's white, and it has a little rose in the center that matches the little rosy flowers on the dress identically. And I think it had like scalloped sleeves. I am obsessed with scallops anything, okay? Clearly meant to be like a cover for something and I looked at the tag and it was my size. I took it as a sign from God. If it fits me, I thought at the time, I have to buy it because this outfit is going to look good in the mirror. So if it fits me, I need to get it. I had been saving up for the shopping trip for like months. I have a hard time spending money even when I have it, but I needed to let the impulsive thoughts win this time. And when I tried it on the dress, and the little top cover together. It was a match made in heaven. They were 
in two completely different parts of the store. They looked like they were part of two completely different lines and the top was all by itself. There wasn't any other sizes or anything else around it that looks similar. Anyway, so now I have the full outfit. I am now realizing that I don't have shoes for either of these outfits. Oh dear god, I need to work on that. But yes, those would be my fashion obsessions. We've got a princessy core type thing going on with Aritzia and then we've got this coquette, very core, whimsical dress outfit going on. And that concludes my favorites and let's get into the topic for this week's episode. Alrighty, I was given lots of suggestions from my Instagram story question sticker that I posted right before I started recording this. Although I do have my own ideas of what I want to talk about, I love listening to your guys' feedback and the things that you like to hear. The very first response I got to my question sticker on Instagram was aesthetic community commentary, particularly coquette. That is an absolute banger of a prompt. I could talk all day long about community commentary and aesthetic commentary, and I love that they specified coquette. I have no idea if any of these people want to remain anonymous, so I'm not gonna say their usernames, but you know who you are. So thank you so much. Something that another user recommended I talk about was different hairstyles, color palettes, and my inspirations for fashion, such as people. And that is such a great question that will be easily tied in with the aforementioned question. So with those two prompts in mind, I think the direction I want to go with this episode is talking about my inspiration, how I have curated my own aesthetic by pulling from different more niche communities, which does include Coquette, and I will include my own commentary on the Coquette community and surrounding communities. If you would like to have a hand in future episodes, be sure to check out my Instagram. I will continue to post sticker questions and polls for future episodes. Links to my socials are in the description of this episode. If it's not obvious enough by my current Instagram account, I am obsessed with anything pastel colored. I love light colors, I love these desaturated or muted colors, but not grays. I'm not a huge fan of the grays. I'm talking pastel pink, pastel blue, pastel purple. I'll even dabble in pastel green every now and then. Just light colors like those. And this is not a new thing for me. If you've known me from my earliest days on the internet, you know that this has always been something I've loved. And if you know me in real life, you also know that to be true from my youngest days of existing. I remember I had this favorite outfit when I was in elementary school. It was pastel purple shorts with a white t-shirt that had pastel purple hearts on it. I also had a pastel yellow shirt with stripes, and I loved matching it to my pastel yellow headband. This has been a core part of me from childhood. So if you've ever seen me during a dark colored phase, or if you remember me during my more scene and emo phases, just know that I was extremely depressed and lost myself. When I'm feeling like myself, I'm wearing pastel colors. Another key part of my style, again from childhood, is being a girly girly girl, or traditionally feminine clothing items at least. I love dresses, I love skirts, I love frills and lace and bows, and when you've seen me stray from that, again, just know I was depressed. I always find my way back home though, don't I? Obviously, when I was a kid, my inspiration was 
was very different than my current inspiration now. However, things haven't changed too much in terms of what I look like at least, except perhaps I'm a little more put together. So what was my inspiration when I was a kid? If you guessed Disney princess movies, you would be correct. My favorite Disney princess as a kid, and honestly as an adult, is Ariel from The Little Mermaid. The bows in her hair and her pink gown, oh my gosh, I was absolutely obsessed. Aurora from Sleeping Beauty, also the epitome of femininity to me as a kid. The fairies making her dress was just so amazing to me. Same with Cinderella and the mice making her dress, absolutely loved that. All of their various outfits and aesthetics inspired me as a kid. The color coordination was just so amazing to me, especially when they would match like headpieces to the clothes themselves, which is why I would always match my headbands and bows to my shirt or my shoes or whatever. And what's so interesting to me is that the source for my current fashion choices are not incredibly different as an adult. I mean, when I look at the aesthetic communities that I consider myself inspired by, those communities themselves do take inspiration from vintage or antique fashion. And those Disney princess films that I just described, they were in time periods from like, what, the 1600s all the way through the 1800s? I mean, think about the name Princess Core, come on. And I really do think that a lot of us that grew up with those Disney princess films before, I guess, like the newer Disney films, I imagine a lot of us are still looking back to that when we pick out our outfits. But that is really most applicable to aesthetics such as Princess Core and Rococo. What about another aesthetic that I do take inspiration from, like Coquette? That is not from the same time period. I actually started incorporating Coquette into my personal aesthetic and wardrobe in 2021, but I wasn't calling it Coquette. I was a part of the Nymphette community, which is the original name for Coquette. Coquette is the sanitized version of it, without all the bad connotations that Nymphette gave a lot of people. So Nymphette, Coquette, same thing. However, I do believe that Coquette back then is very different than what is Coquette now. As much as I want to say, oh, this is completely different or it's bastardized, let's just stop holding grudges and accept that things change. But what I was into in summer of 2021 was Nymphette, OG Coquette. And these clothes took inspiration from the designs and costumes in the 1997 film Lolita, which itself was set in the 40s, I believe. However, unlike traditional 40s fashion for kids that age, this was obviously through the point of view of a unreliable narrator. So there was this strange mix of both youthfulness and adultness, which is a lot like me. A strange mix of youthfulness and adultness. Almost riding this line in between the two in an uncanny way, or at least uncanny to most people perhaps, but to me, I find it beautiful, and I find it flattering for myself. The colors themselves were appealing to me. The silhouettes, the vintageness. Personally, not a huge fan of the story. I could not stomach the book because it is a horror novel that touched on delicate parts of my brain, but the wardrobe from the film did inspire me a lot, and it really changed the direction of my aesthetic. I already knew that I found more vintage pieces from even earlier time periods appealing and that was clear from a young age. But with the rise of Coquette on the internet, or at the time Nymphette, I was looking to a closer era, at least closer
closer to us in retrospect, but still vintage, of course. The dresses and the skirts are a lot shorter, the fashion is more accessible, and I actually very quickly found pieces at thrift stores that were from this era. And what's really cool is that I get to wear it to work because of the level of modesty that I make sure my pieces have, which does contrast some of the wardrobe designs from the film. I prefer the more modest pieces, whereas the ones that reveal more, those are personally not my style, but I still admire the silhouettes and the patterns, and I incorporate those. Another aspect that I really admire from the film was the motif of the heart-shaped sunglasses. I had them as a kid, and I guess I'm gonna have them again as an adult, but yeah, the dichotomy of this usefulness, as well as the adult nature of some of the wardrobe, and of course the adultness of the context of said wardrobe, suits some people like myself, but it can cause a lot of controversy, hence the sanitization and the evolution of coquette on the internet over the last couple of years. I personally am not one of those people who are really stuck in the mud about OG coquette and not wanting to accept the new coquette. I can personally appreciate both for what they are, and I do take inspiration from both OG coquette and the newer coquette. They're separate in my head, even if they're not separate in other people's minds. I don't care, personally. It doesn't really affect me. So to briefly summarize the pieces of OG coquette slash dimfet that I take inspiration from, I look to the vintage silhouettes that the film showcases, as well as the patterns such as the gingham, the heart-shaped sunglasses, and the updos with the braids and the bows. Oh, and let's not forget Oxford shoes. Before I get into the current coquette aesthetic and community, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my boyfriend. He has been leaving drinks and food outside of the door so that way I can open the door and grab it then scurry away like I am some kind of zoo animal. The latest morsel he has provided for me is, you guessed it, a tortellini anti-pasta salad from Whole Foods. What did I do to deserve such a wonderful man? I do not know, but I am just so grateful. So let's talk about the coquette of today. When you look into the coquette aesthetic and community now, you tend to see a lot of brand names instead of just generalized vintage pieces inspired by the 1997 movie. A few brands that definitely come to mind are Dior, like the Dior Lip Glow and the Miss Dior Perfume. I see Charlotte Tilbury, I see Chanel, I also see a lot of Brandy Melville, especially those like loungewear sets with the micro floral print. Another thing that sets it apart from OG Coquette is a lot of pastel colors. For example, I see a lot of pale pink. Some things that have remained the same are the updos with the braids and the bows, as well as heart-shaped sunglasses. But there's just a lot more white and pastels and pale pink and floral patterns. Another thing which I did not mention before, but this has stayed the same, is the reference to Lana Del Rey. When you listen to some of her works, you do hear references to the book Lolita. She quite literally quotes from it. She even has a song titled Lolita. So she herself references it a lot, therefore it makes sense that she was incorporated into the OG Nymphette Coquette aesthetic and is also still referenced in the current Coquette aesthetic. But when I'm talking about music here, I am venturing outside of the fashion aspect of this community and now we're getting into the, I guess, emotional beliefs that the community holds. I don't think that is something that I am prepared to discuss. I am not educated on it enough yet. 
it. And also, it just doesn't really pertain to the fashion that much. Well, okay, no, it kind of does. Because of this ongoing theme of the sad girl, the fragile girl, the damaged girl, beyond the clothes pieces themselves, there are entire images that evoke these emotions that I can only really describe as glorifying trauma, embracing the melancholy that comes with being traumatized, for better or for worse. You do see quite a lot of crying in photos that fully encapsulate all corners of the new coquette aesthetic. I've even seen pictures of self-harm being involved in it, and don't even get me started on the incorporation of eating disorders into new coquette. And again, this all goes beyond the individual pieces of the fashion, which is what I personally am interested in, not in all of this other stuff. Therefore, it feels like it's outside of my realm to talk about. I'm also not completely aware of how much this was involved in the OG coquette community because I was not there when it really originated. I just briefly hopped onto the train. But the acceptance of this self-perpetuated harm and sadness and reliving trauma just seems to be a theme in some people of the coquette community. Doesn't mean that it's all of it, but it's enough of it that it takes up a decent amount of space in the tags and on Pinterest. Which is concerning if you're not thin, pale, and white. It's concerning if you really do have trauma and are trying to escape it, not make it worse for yourself by reliving it. But putting aside all of those social aspects of coquette and those emotional belief aspects of coquette, I really want to focus on the clothes because the clothes is where I am having it. Not having it with that other stuff. Having it with the clothes. Something that I really do like is the incorporation of like vintage 90s. That is something that I really love and I actually recently got gifted one from my Amazon wishlist. I also really like the use of pearls. Once again, the blend of maturity and youthfulness is really interesting and something that I feel represents me as a person. So when you've got the cute little frills and bows in the hair and the braids, but then also this pearl necklace and pearls are typically usually associated with, I guess, I don't know, maturity or at least that kind of jewelry in general. I, I personally associate with maturity. I like the juxtaposition, I guess. The coquette aesthetic when being worn by adults within itself does ride that line between youth and maturity, youth and adulthood. Although I do incorporate aspects of OG coquette into my style, I personally find a lot, not all, but a lot of this new coquette appealing to this softer pastel side of me. A branch of coquette which is even more so focused on the dolliness and the frills and the bows and especially the pink is dollette. I think a lot of dollette is also very much so me and my style and I think it's because it has a softness that OG coquette and also a little bit of modern coquette doesn't have. When I look into the coquette aesthetic both old and new I do sometimes see a disheveledness that is not really to my liking. Dollet has always seemed a little more put together, a little more quote-unquote clean, and after having experimented with all of these things, I think I find myself drawing the most from Dollet, which does bring me full circle to the things that I liked as a kid. A lot of these aesthetics are a circle, and once you get further into Dollet and the different factions of that, you may make your way back to Princess Core and Rococo, and from there, I see how it all relates back to my earliest interests in Disney princess movie outfits. In case you haven't noticed, I have sort of strayed away from community discourse because that discourse usually revolves around this idea that what you are addressing reflects what you believe. So therefore, if there's even the slightest connection between a piece that you owned and a piece of literature,
pressure or a belief that you don't actually believe in, people will think you believe in that. Not everything you wear has to be a statement or a stance on something. You can literally just like something because you think it's pretty. I like certain things before knowing their sources. I liked certain things before knowing where they came from. If you want to educate yourself on community discourse and history, by all means go for it and that may help with interactions with other people in the community. But at the end of the day, if you purely just like fashion and fashion history, then please, I implore you to ignore the stereotypes. I implore you to look past the thinness and the whiteness that you may see in these communities and carve your own path where you dress yourself the way that you want to dress yourself without judgment within or outside of you. Feeling cute and pretty and girly does not know size, does not know race, does not know gender. These aesthetics should be for everybody and they are and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. So let's wrap everything up in a nice neat little bow. This podcast is all about embracing and recognizing the little things in life. Sometimes those little things are putting bows in my hair, putting blush on my cheeks, or putting frilly socks on my feet. These are the things that make me happy and it's no coincidence that a lot of these things hark on aspects of youth. I mean if you know anything about me in my history, I am fully embracing my inner child when doing a lot of these things. That doesn't mean I'm doing that every time, but enough of the time. It makes me happy, it makes me feel safe, and I feel like I'm living a dream. Wow, this episode is a lot longer than I thought it would be, and I actually cut out quite a few parts. Like I said before at the beginning of this podcast, please feel free to check out my Instagram so that way you can help decide the future of this podcast and the topics of future episodes. What direction shall we go next? We shall see. I love hearing feedback from all of you. The Patreon exclusive version of episode 2 will be coming out not too long after I post this one, so if that is something you are interested in listening to, I've linked it in the description of this episode. Alright, take care. I hope you have a good one. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.